Welcome to The Grange Point, where we hang out and talk about the latest news in science technology and how they relate to your everyday life. This podcast is brought to you by the Young Scientists of Australia. We're a youth organisation aged 15 to 25 whose work is to promote science to the youth of Australia. We turn our attention this week to everyone's favourite part of science, lasers. Now, lasers are pretty amazing things in science fiction, but in the lab, they can do some pretty incredible things as well. And we're going to look at two rays lasers in particular. Laser combs can be used for not brushing your hair, but elevating and innovating some new fields of science. One of the most complex and powerful sensory instruments in your body is your nose. And if you ever stop to think about the range of different smells that you can perceive with your nose and how quickly you're able to handle that information, process it and make sense of it, it's really quite astonishing. In 1914, Alexander Graham Bell described just how difficult it was to measure a smell. And he, he posited that measuring the differences between two smells Analyzing if one is stronger or twice as strong than the other and trying to understand the likelihoods and differences are essential to having some kind of science of odor. And if his quote is, if you are ambitious to find a new science, measure a smell. And since he laid down that challenge in 1914, no real science of odor was really formalized or progress made until the 1950s. That just goes to show how difficult measuring and analyzing a smell is. Now, sometimes we like to think that maybe if we just catalogued every possible smell and build a big database using some kind of fingerprint, either a response of a chemical or polymer inside when exposed to that gas, or maybe counting with mass spectrometry the amount of sub-objects in that gas that we're analysing, or even trying to use other types of sensors, electroconductive or otherwise, to analyse the actual gas being passed over our nose in our olfactory system. A lot of different ways exist. At the moment, mostly transistors are one method, basically assuming that the gas coming through the olfactory region is uh, positively or negatively charged, and you can build up a database. You're detecting each individual molecule, and then you need to send it off to a computer to analyze and tell, hey, I've seen that before. Sometimes conductive polymers are used often to detect specific signals where we can find a material that reacts in some way to a known type of smell and then measure that. And even going all the way to doing ultra-fast gas chromatography or mass spectrometry to analyze the chemical composition of that gas in a rapid time. But all of those are expensive and difficult. Not to mention, we often rely on multiple sensor types just to get a good reading. The olfactory system in your nose is a remarkably powerful sensor, and mimicking it is incredibly difficult. But what if we did what everyone loves to do, and that is add lasers to it? Lasers are an amazing tool in some applications, but they're also incredibly powerful for breaking down and analysing something quickly. And researchers from the University of Adelaide have come up with, well, a way of turning lasers into a powerful sensor for detecting smells. And you might wonder, how on earth does a laser help smell? Lasers are high-powered beams of light. What can they do to actually help us analyse a signal? Well, the University of Adelaide's Institute for Photonics and Advanced Sensing 
IPAS published a new journal paper in the journal Physical Review Applied. And what they've shown in that paper is they've developed a laser that can measure the amount of carbon dioxide in a gas sample in under one second. And not only can it do that very, very quickly, it can also do it with high accuracy and high precision. That's incredible when you think about the difficulties of doing it in another way. Trying to do it with chromatography or mass spectrometry requires a lot longer and a lot more powerful and complex machine. And they've managed to achieve this by exploiting a Nobel Prize winning technology developed by United States and German scientists, which is called an optical frequency comb or a laser comb. And a laser comb is a particularly amazing invention. What they do is instead of having a single laser operating at a single frequency, imagine a comb where each of those different brushes on a comb is a different laser operating at a different optical frequency. This laser comb is generating millions of different light frequencies, or if you want to think about it another way, colors at once. And what that does is enabling you to have a very, very finely tuned combing device that you can pass over things. In this case, the researchers pass the special light generated by this optical frequency comb or laser comb. Let's call it a laser comb because it sounds more exciting. So they pass this laser comb through the sample of gas and where each gas molecule absorbs a distinct set of light. And based on that light absorption pattern, we're able to get the unique fingerprint or composition of the gas in that sample. It's a great way of using a known technique and applying it in a new way, taking the science of spectrometry and using, well, lasers, an incredibly powerful technique of lasers, to actually get a great and simple way of measuring gas concentration. Now, this first application was focusing mostly on atmospheric monitoring, but this technique is very broadly applicable for pretty much near universal concentration measurements. Because you're getting a very fast reading of the molecular composition of gas in the sample area. Now, the whole purpose of this study was great to prove that they can do one part as a starting point, but they're really at the University of Adelaide trying to get towards analyzing the composition of an exhaled breath. Now, that has amazing opportunities, not only for things like breathalyzers, but if you could analyze the telltale chemical science in a breath, start pairing it with, well, I don't know, disease or sickness or illness, we now have an entirely new diagnostic method where we could look for telltale chemical signs that point to perhaps an underlying disease or illness. That would make this laser comb not only useful for breathalyzers, gas detection in hazardous environments, but also as a screening tool, a diagnostic tool for serious illnesses before the patient is even aware of the condition. And that would be really a new area of science. So that just goes to show that whilst progress in science sometimes might be slow, sometimes you need to apply some pretty lateral thinking to your area of research. And if you want to build a better diagnosis tool, maybe you just need to add a few lasers to it. So this is some great work being done out of the University of Adelaide with lead author Sarah Shulton, Christopher Perala, James DeAnsey, and a variety of other researchers 
all working together at the Institute of Photonics and Advanced Sensing at the University of Adelaide. From an Australian university using laser combs, an American invention, for an exciting new application, we turn to now the United States, where researchers from Harvard University's Paulson School of Engineering and Applied Sciences are turning laser combs, an American invention, onto an Australian invention, Wi-Fi. It's the idea to boost up Wi-Fi and cellular data traffic speeds. Now, we all like having good, fast, consistent, and reliable access to the internet. That might be how you're listening to this podcast right now. But one of the problems with internet, and more broadly, Wi-Fi or cellular data, is that unless we increase the capacity of these wireless links, we're going to keep having a bottleneck. 5G is an improvement, certainly, but it doesn't fix a fundamental problem. We need to get new frequencies that we can use for the purposes of data transfer. And for that, researchers in the United States have turned their attention to the terahertz frequencies. These are sub-millimeter wavelengths of the electromagnetic spectrum. Now, the benefit of the terahertz frequency is that data traveling at that frequency could move hundreds of times faster than what we can do in today's wireless signals. The problem is, how do you manage to achieve this? Now, all the way back in 2017, researchers from the John Paulson School of Engineering and Applied Sciences, or SEAS, discovered that they could use an infrared frequency cone and pair it up with a quantum cascade laser to generate terahertz frequencies. And that was pretty groundbreaking and exciting. But now, in a paper published in the journal Optica, they've shown that they could use these quantum cascade laser frequency combs, which are the same type of application as we talked about earlier with laser combs, and they could integrate those into transmitters or receivers, making really small-scale transmission of signals using this new technique. But the problem is, it's a pretty big fundamental shift from the way we've been operating previously. What it does is it turns a laser a device which normally operates at optical frequencies, which are not that fast, into an advanced modulator, switching between lots of different microwave frequencies. The important part about that is now you've made an efficient use of the bandwidth in the communication system. Now, this all relies on the principle of a frequency comb. Like we've talked about before, it's basically a big bank or row of lasers operating at different frequencies or colors. Now, since these are emitting multiple frequencies simultaneously, we can get a lot of information sent at once. These researchers weren't interested using the laser like a sensor like we're doing before. What they were trying to do was what was going on inside the laser, inside a laser's electron skeleton as Marco Picardo, a postdoctoral fellow at the SAS and the first author in the paper, outlines. What they showed is that for the first time, a laser at optical wavelengths actually operates still as a microwave device. Microwave in the sense of microwave radiation, not microwave in the sense of the kitchen appliance. 
Now inside the laser, different frequencies of light beat together to generate microwave radiation. Now what's interesting about that is that light inside the cavity of the laser causes electrons to oscillate at microwave frequencies. Now that's useful because microwave frequencies are normally used for communication spectrum. Now, if you modulate and change, shrink or change the gap between those frequencies, you can actually get a lot of information sent through. You basically encode that information into the laser signal. Think about it another way. We encode information into other signals all the time. By changing the, the frequency or the pitch or modulating it in a radio transmission signal, we can actually beam out radio stations. That's how frequency modulation or amplitude modulation work. We change the parameters of a radio wave with a certain frequency to be able to transmit your songs or the news over the radio. They're doing the same thing, modulating microwave radiation inside the laser so, and then beaming all of that through the laser. So now you're getting really, really fast transmission of information. So the laser can act as a quadrature modulator, which allows two different pieces of information to be sent simultaneously through a single frequency channel. And by pairing another laser at the other end, all of a sudden you have a really, really high speed communication link. At the moment, we don't use the terahertz frequencies because we don't have enough bandwidth. We can't send enough information through that frequency. But if we modulate the information using microwave radiation and a laser comb, all of a sudden our throughput becomes immense. And that is what these researchers at Harvard have done. It's a new way of opening up an otherwise closed down piece of the spectrum and making it useful for things like Wi-Fi or cellular data transmission. Now will your next phone have a super high powered laser in it? shooting out laser combs at the terahertz frequency. Well, not quite. But for the back end and the back haul, maybe in the future we'll be using this technology. This paper was worked on by Dmitry Karzov, Noah Rubin, Paul Chevalier, Yongru Wang, Feng Zhi, Kevin Sola, Alexei Belyanin, and was supported by the Defense Advanced Research Project, DARPA, in the United States and the National Science Foundation. And the reason why is because this is a pretty important piece of infrastructure and high-end application. One of the most important places you could use a really fast transmission link like this would obviously be in defense for mission-critical information, but also in super important infrastructure like the electrical network, which is needs to operate at a very, very fast speed. It also has domestic applications for the finance industry and other things as well, as well as just down to your end on Wi-Fi. So next time you're thinking, looking at a comb and you're brushing your hair, think of all the amazing ways scientists are using the inspiration of a comb to make incredibly powerful lasers that do a variety of different tasks. This has been the Young Scientists of Australia's podcast, Lagrange Point. From Australia to America, we look at some great applications of laser combs, helping open up new fields of science from broadcasting information all the way to detecting what's in a smell. Our ending theme was composed by Audio Head to ysa.org.au for more information about the Young Scientists of Australia.